Hello, hello, everyone. You're listening to episode two of the Final Sector podcast. My name is Kyle. I've got Michael here as well. Hello. Uh, we're excited to, you know, finally bring this podcast back. We meant to bring one back uh, between the Miami and the Australian Grand Prix, but due to a few teething issues, we couldn't do that. So we've got a lot to discuss today. We've mm. only had two races that have actually passed, um, but still there's there's plenty that's come out of the woodwork, a lot more than we've been able to cover in our in our race previews and race breakdown. So I'm, um, I'm excited to get into it. Um, yeah. I know at the start of last podcast, I, we kind of started off talking about a few of our surprises from the year. Um, I feel like with the last two races, there's been less kind of more big surprises and more lots of little things that have mm. come out. I mean, drivers that seem to be doing well at the start of the year are continuing to do well. Those that are struggling are continue to struggling. So I think rather than asking you, I guess, what's what's been your biggest surprise of the last two races, I guess we can just talk about a few little things. Um, yeah, yeah. I know before we were looking a little bit about the, the sprint races, for example, like we had a sprint race at Imola since then. Um, yeah, we had a pretty... feels like it's been six years since the last race. <laughs> I know, yes. Um, we went to Miami, which is a very different type of race as mm-hmm. well. Um, and if you haven't checked out our race breakdown for that as well, we've recently put that up on Spotify and YouTube. So make sure to give that one a yeah. listen as well before you listen to this one. I apologize um, for that being as late as it was. I've been very slack with the editing, but uh, it came out <laughs> uh, today. Hopefully, if, if this podcast goes up on Spotify today which is sunday then uh, the video was also put up earlier today so uh yeah, yeah it was try to get it out on fridays but uh yeah it's been a weird week for me but uh, it is up yeah. so yeah check it out i think it was a good dis- i listened back to it it was a i think it was a really good discussion so and i guess if you're if listening to these you know if you're someone that listens to them while you're working then you've got a dumber whammy to get you through the week so yeah. you're welcome i guess <laughs> yeah that's that's exactly um, why i left it till sunday to edit and release yeah <laughs> 100%. We've looked at the analytics and we've gone, this is when the people want it. There wasn't people yep. messaging me every day last week going, where's the video? Where's the video? I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh. See, we've had kind of the last two races. Um, I feel like everything on track that we've kind of covered, is there any kind mm. of points you might want to start with looking at the last two races, I guess, on track? Or should we just get into, into a bit of news and other things going on off track? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I feel like we have sort of covered most of the things that we really need to cover. The the thing we sort of talked about in the in the Miami breakdown is I think uh, more more of the interesting things that are coming out of the the last couple of races is uh, which makes sense being that there's more races uh, under the, under the belt for the drivers with these new cars is that we're starting to see themes popping up. You know, they yes. dri- drivers are settling settling down. Uh, they're understanding the cars. The uh, the teams are, you know, understanding their cars. They're bringing updates to make their cars faster, and they're um, some teams are understanding their problems more than others. But uh, you know, mm-hmm, you're starting mm-hmm. to see trends. You're starting to see themes, and I think that's um, again goes into what you were saying about there's more little things. It's more nuanced than uh, just like uh, Ferrari big fast, uh, Red Bull big <laughs> big boom, Red engine. Bull smoky. <laughs> uh, you know, like it's it's a little more nuanced because it's you know the, the the, sh- uh, the the field sort of spread uh and you know where the teams are sort of stacking up it's it's sort of they're sort of finding their homes a little bit uh you know for for what you expect to see for the rest of the season i would think mm. um so yeah i mean that's that's more what i've sort of gathered from from the last couple of races is is uh, is more that side of things but yeah no it's basically what I, what i've been thinking about too um and i guess as well because there's been 
less emphasis on hey how's everyone getting on we've seen more of these as we say these little things kind of popping up and i guess because there's less big big talking points to talk on there's been more of the the little things that have come up Mm. um just to get a bit of discussion going one point that i think has actually come up only over the last two races is that that it seems like f1 are starting to trial a few different things from the media side of things so for example on youtube they've started putting out a lot more of the content that i enjoyed last year um on the griddle grid type of stuff with actually Mm. you know ask the drivers lots of trivia things in that yeah i think that worked well last year and the drivers seemed to enjoy it on the other side they're starting to bring back things like the cooldown room kind yes, of where they yep. bring a camera into the cooldown room and they see the drivers if you've been watching f1 the past few years if you didn't you know quit because it was so boring um you would have seen all those those clips from um rosberg and hamilton who ever ended up in third place and some of the the tension between them and most of the time there was nothing really to watch except the two of them just ignoring each other and staring at each other from across the room and it's throwing so things good. at each other <laughs> so good. um but we didn't see that for a bit. Um, mm. And I think this kind of loops into a bigger conversation, I guess, I wanted to have, which is that, you know, some of the criticism on on having... We used to just have interviews, for example, on the podium where the drivers would come out of their cars, would see them, they'd, you know, go over to their team, and they'd hop up on the podium, they'd celebrate, and then you'd see someone like Martin Brundle or an ex-driver go up and interview the drivers. And even then, there was some criticism going, oh, well, these are kind of useless because they'll say the same thing, or mm. the drivers, you know, are still high on adrenaline, they just want to calm down. And then they kind of brought that forward. So now as soon as they get out of the car, they interview them. And you kind of, it was it was yeah. kind of funny in Miami. You saw a bit of the drivers kind of going, they obviously had a really tough race. And they had, um, oh, I don't remember his bloody name. Who was the guy that was interviewing them? That's I shocking, don't I don't remember. Yeah, he was. that was a terrible interview. I did not listen to most <laughs> yes. of that. Oh, yeah. God. That, um, was, that was hard to, to watch. Like, not good. <laughs> I'm going to find his name. I'm yeah. doing justice. But uh, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like, even with the... Uh, last year when they trialed the the driver of the day interviews as well where they interviewed them in the car like on the i forgot about that yeah yeah and it's like i don't know about this man just fucking wait until they're out of the car let them speak to their teams and do all their like cool down procedures and get into the garage i don't know that i i don't think that was a a good thing i haven't seen it at all this year pop up so maybe maybe they decided that uh that was a bad idea and they've just kind of dropped that but uh yeah, I was not not a fan of that one. Um, I hope that stays away. <laughs> yep. But uh... um, yeah. To to credit, it was Willie. It was I believe his name. You pronounce it as Willie T. Ribs. To his credit, yeah, yeah. he has done motor racing in the past, and he has been semi successful. So I think it was a bit rude for some people saying this guy has clearly got no idea, no idea what he's talking about because he probably has more interest than, than most people. Mm. But I think it, it was a bit more of a of a Miami spin, and there was some there was some shots as well of signs kind of looking a bit like, <laughs> who is this guy? Yeah. I feel a bit uncomfortable mm. here. I think what he was calling them all baby or something. What was it he was saying uh, to them I, all? I I. I <laughs> took that that entire conversation is like out of my mind i zoned out of yes. that because i'm like if i listen to more of this it's just like secondhand cringe stuff like i just couldn't do it, it yes so. yeah yeah um, um but i think in general look i think as well the, the bigger already even though they've only just brought back the um the what do you call it the um the race cooldown room where they're mm. actually kind of filming the drivers not really to interview them and it kind of worked last weekend but i feel like that's because they weren't really expecting it and also by coincidence they actually had a tv showing the highlights and the three drivers Mm. just naturally sat down and were watching it and that kind of was like cool because they didn't really need to comment it was like oh this is nice and then it feels like already with the next week they kind of knew it was gonna happen and they seemed to be you know like a little bit kind of like quiet and dormant and there was even a, a little bit of drama because Sainz, because he was overheating like crazy, he took his shirt off because he wanted to cool down. Yep. <laughs> and you can hear the kind of director in the background going, please 
put your shirt on and you can hear signs going we'll just don't film me and then he starts swearing the director's like please don't swear and he's like and i'm like already if this is the second race and already it's clearly uncomfortable it's Mm. not nice for us to watch it because the drivers look uncomfortable yeah it's like i get that you know we want to be inside you know the minds of the drivers and see what they're thinking but when you have you know you're just after a race you know they've been going for sometimes up to two hours sometimes in you know super heat a lot of focus and concentration the cool down room is supposed to be where they can just cool down for a second debrief with each other have a drink before then they go out in the podium and I feel like putting yeah. a camera up there just has to keep them in that in that media mode yeah. you know yeah. um and there was even there was even the issue when they used to film the the um the driver what do they call it the the, the driver meetings before the we- race yes. weekend yeah. right yeah. and some of the drivers said they used to take it really seriously when they started filming it they just wanted to goof off in front of the camera but the point of it was well that should be a safety meeting and they realized <laughs> fair enough that they said well th- actually maybe we shouldn't film this because mm. there's a purpose here and everyone's just acting in media mode so um, I don't know what the balance is. I mean, I guess it, because so many people kind of felt uncomfortable about it and signs as a driver, obviously <laughs> was happy yeah, to not, make his point fair, clear. Yeah. yeah. That he was like, I don't care. Like this is my point to cool down. Mm. Maybe it's just refreshing that we have a different driver in that room that actually is happy to speak his mind. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess just from your side, what's your thoughts? What do you think is too much? Do you think maybe there's something else they could try that they haven't tried yet? I mean, I feel like the media pen is generally enough from my side anyway, and most drivers seem to be happy with the media pen. Is that enough? I don't know. What do we think? Yeah, I think a lot of that, like, kind of echoing your points. Like, when it when it comes off, it, it's, it's really cool because, again, you get this sort of candid, uh, you know, conversation things. Because it's all televised, you know, and because they're like oh you can't you have to wear a shirt and you can't swear and i think both times so far they've come back and said oh we apologize for the language there and it's just like (laughs) yeah but um you know that's that's the risk you take they're in the cool down room that's what it's supposed to be you know that's them cooling down after the race and these are the guys that are fighting sometimes for the win right yeah they're going to be the most kind of adrenaline based than anyone out there especially something like miami where apparently it was just that hot uh, even uh, reports coming out that Ricardo had to take like less uh, water uh, to, to try and save weight. Like he couldn't have as much mm. drinking water um, to try and save weight on that car. Um, which, you know, by the, by the time you get out of that car, if you've got less water and it's a physically demanding race, we obviously, we've talked about how it's a difficult circuit and because of how hot it was and just the circuit itself uh, and you're taking yes. less water and it's just like, you're going to come out of that, you're going to feel exhausted. And then you've got in the room that you've got, you know, five minutes to just sort of calm down your first before proper you come time out. to yeah. sit down yeah take your shirt off just think yeah. and process and that and immediately there's like a camera, camera right in your face, face. it's just yeah, like, it's like <laughs> uh... so fair enough to science who's just like i do not care mm. like i'm just gonna chill i'm chatting to my teammate about stuff <laughs> yeah yeah so like i think in in theory it's it's a cool idea and like like you said we we've seen it work uh and it can be very entertaining but i think if we want to see you know the the personalities of these drivers i think a lot of that can come from those videos that you were talking about you know the grill the grids the the sort of outside of the race weekend or like outside of that adrenaline packed uh you know in the race or in the qualifying you know outside of those moments you know they can do all that stuff fine um but yeah don't just kind of shove a camera in someone's face and then be like dance monkey dance like that's effectively what they were saying to science like no you have to do it this way it's like why why though if he's done if he's been allowed to take off his shirt and he's been allowed to swear in there before but now he's not allowed to because there's a camera in there it's like okay take the cameras out which is you know honestly fair enough 
it's not like that's the only thing that they're, they're doing as well. As you say, they've got all the other elements that, they're, that mm. they're doing as well. And to their credit, yes, I mean, they know their drivers, they know they've got commitments to media and such, but they're still, they're still a line, right? Like, I'm not saying yes. <laughs> never show them in public ever yeah, again so no one ever sees them. <laughs> no, just they're just 20 faceless yeah. drivers with helmets. You never actually see their faces, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, of course, too much. But, yeah. um, but yeah, as you said, there's a time and place and a way to do it. And I, I didn't mind the... Some people used to criticize, like, the, the podium interviews. I mean, way back when they used to actually, like... They don't even televise the post-race interviews anymore. You basically have to go on YouTube and yes. find a rip it of or something, basically, because it's not really televised. Um, but that used to be the commonplace. They'd have the race, and then they'd have the podium. And then after that, they would show you the interviews afterwards mm. live. And you actually, that was kind of like the, the post-race breakdown. Then they brought it ahead to be post the podium, and they brought it ahead to be just to get out of the cars. And it's like... Yeah. That's, it's just like... Like, I don't know. Like, when... It, started everyone was kind of like yeah this is a bit too much and they went oh well let's just keep doing it mm. and every time you kind of get the same reaction the winner's like oh yeah good job to the team the guy that comes second goes ah oh, we missed out we have to look at that the third guy's like i'm happy to be here and that's the same <laughs> comments every time it's, it's so like true. okay we get it <laughs> it's so true yeah i don't know um I'll be interested to see if next race, who if, if they show the cooldown room again, who's in there, and if they mm. kind of have a bit of a jab at it. Um, well, I think I think it's a bit of a trend here, how we're kind of seeing... I don't know if... I just never noticed before, but drivers in general seemingly being a bit more confident and kind of, you know, not, you know, kind of... They get, you know, like the media red card held up and they just obey to it, right? Mm. Um, part of that theme we saw was, for example, um, there's been a bit of controversy with the FIA in trying to enforce a few rules and some drivers in particular, like Hamilton and Vettel, have very gone out of their way to show their, their disapproval of what they're trying to push. Yeah. In Hamilton's case, it's about some of the jewellery he's got and to kind of assert his dominance there, <laughs> for lack of a better term, mm. in his pre-race press conference he was wearing like three or four watches or something i think it was yeah and like kind eight, of show that he's very rings much rings and yeah, yeah like all this shit so yeah yeah um and from vettel's side there's a, there's been a bit of controversy um on drivers having to wear um, proper underwear for, for mm. kind of fire fire safety kind of stuff and as part of his way to to test those rules he was wearing his underwear on the outside i think for the friday for the friday um mm. some, some of the media items for that as well um Again, I don't really say my. It's hard. I don't know if I really want to say my piece on it or go into the actual drama of that too much. I think it's really between the FIA, between FOM, and between the drivers to kind of figure out. Find a middle I don't know, ground a happy or medium. Yeah. yeah, it feels like as, as outside as we're kind of just watching it, but none of that's really for us. It's all internal for safety and that. Mm. I just think it's interesting how what we do see is a lot of the drivers, in this case, kind of not being afraid to speak a bit of their mind. And maybe that's a good thing, showing that actually, you know, it's not like the days of Bernie where Bernie pulls a gun out and everyone's like oh, i love you bernie you're great you know we're kind of getting the past car. that now <laughs> exactly um so yeah i don't know i don't know what i was going to specifically ask you about this i guess i just if you'd seen a similar what? thing i don't know i feel like drivers in general seem to be more outspoken able to speak their word which is a good thing maybe if they're more comfortable so, yeah and i'm confident to do that yeah i think so and i think um the yeah, social media has obviously helped a lot with that. Um, you know, the the fact that they can True. speak their mind uh, and, and use their social media platforms as much as they have. Um, you know, Hamilton and Vettel are both probably t- two with with maybe Alonso and I guess possibly Verstappen at the moment. Like that, you know, two of the the biggest names in Formula One. So you know, the yep. fact that they're making these, uh, you know, if it was no disrespect but let's say it was Ocon you know less than half the people would probably care because it's like oh, who cares? very true who cares about Ocon it's not you know seven time 
news. It's not Lewis Hamilton. You know, it's not six p.m. Yeah, newsworthy, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the other thing is, is you've got. I, I've just read this thing half an hour ago. I saw this pop up, um, and they're, they're talking about uh, how Hamilton might not race the Monaco Grand Prix if this sort of, I guess, this FIA F one feud thing with his with his jewelry keeps yes. going on. Um, they've given him, I think, with Miami, they uh, they gave him they gave a him an race. exemption, yeah, for, yeah two for two races, this one in Spain, and then it's obviously Monaco after that. So, um, and he's talked about how he can't physically remove some of his jewelry. I think his uh, earrings and his nose ring potentially. Um, yes, it's not a simple screw on screw off kind of thing. It would yeah, more require yeah, yeah <laughs> tools or people or, or surgery or something. There was it was something yes. like that. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's. It's a real, it's a real tough one. I can't really comment on it. Um, I can kind of see both sides of it. Like on one hand, you know, they obviously brought in, um, you know, the, given what happened last year and the the flirting of the rules and and whatnot, um, they, they've kind of gone the opposite direction. I think we might have talked about this before, but they've gone sort of the opposite direction and they're just like, obviously trying to enforce every rule now. Um, yes, for, for better or worse. So, and that's what we should say. This isn't a new rule. Same with the no, underwear exactly. thing. These yeah. have actually been written in in the rules for a while. It's just that they've kind of, I guess, had other things to focus on. They haven't really narrowed down on it, but mm. they've you know come up and they've said, "Hey, by the way, these two rules exist. You've all you know signed the dotted line. You need to make sure you're following it." And obviously, the drivers have come out and gone, "Well, okay, you never really put this in our faces for a while now." So mm. I think Hamilton even said, "Oh, you've never stopped me doing it before." <laughs> the response is kind of like true, but it's just because it was kind of never brought up, you know. But it has yeah. been there, and they are within their rights to kind of enforce that, unless then there's a bigger, you know, thing to bring up to say, "Hey, should this still be a rule or not?" Um, mm. I mean, both these things as well are in the interest of safety. Like if you think about it in is, terms of. Yeah. If, if they say in terms, you know, if you're trying to distract a driver or if they suddenly need to get their suit off or there's a fire or anything like that, you know, there's a chance of, like, metal piercings and that um, catching on something or on fabric or heating up in a fire and burning or marshals. Like, there are, you know, permutations, you know. It's, it's the same reason why if you're a chef, you can't, you know, have a ton of jewelry because, if well, if you drew, mm. drops in your pot of soup, then that's a disaster and a biohazard and someone eats that, you know, yeah, that's yeah, why yeah, they just course. say it's, yeah. not, it's not worth it. Um, I know there's some blurred lines. I think a few drivers got exemptions for things like wedding rings and that, so... But again, it feels like it's it's more internal. It's just come up because you know Hamilton's basically walking around as as a walking, you know, chain. Just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. hey, by the way, everyone, yeah. if I want to impose this, I'm not barking down. I saw another. I think I saw something else where if he continues to race after his exemption passes with the jury, it's something like a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine every time he races or something. Allegedly, I don't yeah. know if that came from the FAA going. By the way, this is what you're gonna have to pay to try and threaten him. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, um, the other thing is uh, reading reading this article is like yes. there's there's a very good chance he could just like they because um drivers are being like they have to be scrutinized the same way that um a car is scrutinized. So Yes, true. If it, the driver is scrutinized and they're like, "Okay, he's not uh he hasn't taken one out of his jewelry, so he hasn't been scrutinized. He can't leave the pit lane." They could literally yes. be like under the rules and regulations. They could be like, "You're not allowed to leave the pit lane in the car. If you do, then you'll be disqualified. That might be where they get that, yeah, yeah so. disqualified to get slapped with that massive fine. Mm, right? Yeah, so it's it's potentially that's that could be the way they go. Um, uh, I don't know that it will come to that. I really do. <laughs> I really do hope they find some kind of happy medium. Uh, this just seems like it seems a little 
I was gonna say petty, but it just seems a little almost irrelevant. Like, um, you know, even with you the feel fo- like it should be able to solve with like five be, people yeah, sitting in exactly. a room and just chatting it out. And I- yet we've seen like weeks of it, and it still seems to be blowing up. Like mm. we're all waiting for next weekend to see how much jewelry he turns up with and how how many drivers are wearing underwear on the outside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just feels like there's a bit of like there's a more of a disconnect between like the FAI and the the drivers or the F1 teams and things like that. There's just it, it doesn't seem like they're communicating a huge amount at the moment. Um, and I think even some... Because uh, I think the actual ruling forces in the FIA are slightly different as well. So there's been some comments saying, is there even an alignment there between yeah. what FIA want to push and what F1 or FOM, whoever is the other party that's trying to push as well. So it's almost like a three-tier kind of breakdown on, mm. on these little things. Well, even... like it's, Speaking of the disconnect, the reason why I bring this up is... I'll. I'll touch on something very, very briefly. We don't need to go into detail, but um, (laughs) the FIA, uh, well, the F1, they obviously wanted to increase the sprint races from three to six for next year. Apparently they got uh, unanimous approval from the F1 teams to go to six. And the FIA, they've sent it all off the FIA. And the FIA have basically just said, no, no, we're not going to put that through just yet. Um, Yes. But it's like, it just doesn't seem like they're talking to each other that much um so it's like oh yeah no we're, we're okay with it and therefore i was like no no we want it we want to see the rest of the sprint races before we put it through it's like oh, okay but everyone's already agreed so <laughs> it's almost like these are your 10 teams that are actually out there on the track exactly I mean, yeah so there's enough competency there it's not like they're saying oh we should drive around with i don't know like a spare tire in the back and everybody's mm. like what the what the hell are you talking about no it seems like they're like we want to do more sprints I mean, they tried to push more sprints anyway at the start of this year, and they I feel did, like yeah. it was actually some of the teams that clamped a bit back on that. Yep. So now they're pushing it forward, and the FA is like, "No, we're going to pull it back." It's mm. like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I don't know. It's man. interesting. Yeah, I just, uh. I, I just don't like that that disconnects happening because then you get stuff like, like that, and you get stuff like the jewelry and the fireproof underwear yes. thing that drags on for way. This could only be the start to. of it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh it's it could just be resolved. Just fucking have a have a conversation with the drivers, with the teams, and be like, okay, this is why we're doing this. If you're not happy with it, like, just have, have those discussions. You know, you can have those. You can bring those together. Um, they've mm. got, you know, uh, two weeks to the next... Well, a week now to the next race. But they've had breaks between the last couple of races. They've had the time to be able to do this and have the conversations. And obviously, they haven't... If they have had them, they've got nowhere with them. Because... <laughs> well, they've just tried to... I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Probably talked about this a lot more than I expected, yeah. but it's just interesting that it's a thing. <laughs> and that's, that's the problem. We shouldn't be talking about it this long. Yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't be. We, we are, should be yes. moving on. It should be... What we should be talking about, what the drivers would be talking about, is things like actual safety. I mean, coming out of Miami, I, I, like, I think something that was even brushed over was even at the start of the, the race weekend, is that parts of the track actually started to already like peel up and break. Yeah, yeah. And if you're thinking about driving in a car that needs like grip and not surface that's going to suddenly literally fall apart under you mm. that's that's not good and even Oc- i think Ocon was saying after his crash that if you look at his crash um i mean he had the same crash as charles basically in practice but mm-hmm. particularly in Ocon's crash it wasn't like it was that bigger crash but i think he experienced something like a 50g impact because it was just a hard wall there yeah, rather than a safer no... barrier yep. and he was kind of like it seems kind of obvious that someone's going to go off here and even on a light incident like he had a safer barrier would have heavily reduced that right and yep. it probably would have just then just like what's the alternative that instead of sliding down the wall for a while they actually just kind of stop into a barrier so mm. yeah, yeah i saw even a few of those comments come out but they've almost just been buried 
annoyed because everyone's talking about this other stuff, you know? Yeah, Actual yeah. matters of safety. I'm sure internally, you know, they're talking about it with the FI and that. But I just find it ironic that in the media and outside world, everyone's just focusing on the jewelry and the underwear and not that kind of Ocon had a massive impact, you know, mm. that actually he didn't feel right even in the race. You know, he still felt a bit off after that. Yeah, exactly. I think similar comments were coming from signs. And yet we kind of haven't, no one's really been talking about it that much in comparison. So. Mm. Um, maybe maybe that's just again, the way social media is as well. They'll take the small things, yep. the, t- the small kind of petty things, and blow them way out of proportion. It could just be that. Well, I guess the things that more you know sell a click rather than just a yeah, that's it. Yeah, driver yep. unhappy because yep. he was hurt after a crash. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but um, so, I mean, speaking about the um the the circuit issues as well, I I read this article uh this the circuit designer um looking back at the weekend and and the issues and. Uh, what he he what he does to to what he's going to do to improve it uh, for next year as well um, is regarding that like debris on the road on like the track surface. Um, apparently, they use this thing uh, to condition the track called FOD Boss. I don't know what it is, but apparently it's <laughs> okay. it's this thing they drag across the track, and it's apparently it has it, it's like this electrostatic uh, way of lifting debris off a circuit. Um, so they can't they tried to like blow all the debris off the track they tried to sweep it all off the track and apparently there's only so much they can do because of how abrasive the surface is mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. that apparently this this fod boss uh electrostatic thing which they eventually did uh on the saturday morning uh before uh before the qualifying they actually did eventually get those in and that apparently helped the track immensely so um that's something they, they probably figured out a bit later than they would have would have liked but um yeah that's you know i would say that's going to be less of an issue going forward uh they've obviously found a solution pretty quickly um mm. regarding the chicane he also brought that up as well i know a lot of drivers are talking about how that chicane it's, it's not suitable for the the, the cars <laughs> it's just way too a car never too looked slow. good going yeah. through that they just were really fumbling yeah. and bouncing around <laughs> yeah yeah so um yeah, he said there's there's still a lot like a lot of analysis to be done. He does he is going to be looking at tweaking that chicane uh, to try and make it a bit better. I don't know if that includes the that runoff or the the, the barrier. I would assume it would. I would, I would mm. hope it would. Um, but yeah, so I think you know it's good that they're already like this was I think the day after uh, the race as well. He'd already had this interview when it was was looking back at it like this. So it seems like. They're they're really committed to to making sure it does become, uh, you know, a a really good racetrack and something that is safe and something that the drivers are going to enjoy. So um, they've got a multi year yeah. deal as well, so you'd That's almost it. hope yep. that immediately after that, you know, mm. everyone's saying, okay, that was an event, but obviously there's a lot of <laughs> things that yeah to address coming next year, hopefully, and it's good at least the organisers and the designers are kind of like, oh no, yeah, no, we've been giving notes all weekend and we're gonna come back next year and you know. Yep. smash it out of the park for what for what the first race should have been so um yeah I guess we'll see yep yeah that's it so um actually i'm literally just scanning through the article now and yeah he's talking about <laughs> talking about the tech pro uh tech pro barrier so yes um yeah so that's good so obviously they, they they've that's really the three issues that i've seen uh from mm, that track mm. is yeah the track surface the um the the chicane itself and then that uh the, the tech pro barrier at the yep. entry to the chicane or the the runoff of the chicane so um yeah no it's it's good that they're looking at it and hopefully next year we'll have something that's uh the, the drivers uh like a bit better something that's a little less 
uh, fiddly through there and something that is is ultimately safer as well. So yeah. I think that's good. Um, I guess we'll touch on a few other little tidbits before we go into some bigger kind of chunky stories. Yeah. Um, I guess just after the race, there was some pretty strong rumours from a few people in the paddock coming out. Mm. That there was apparently like concrete deals of Latifi being signed out midway through the season. I mean, we've kind of heard murmurs of this and... I guess if we're looking at the whole grid and you need to pick a driver that's probably underperforming, there's no surprise. It kind of comes down to Latifi. Mm. Um, I think earlier in the year, some of the early, early comments were some people going, oh, they should put um, they should put Piastri in that car. Yep. More from what I heard recently was that people that they'd, they'd signed a deal to get DeVries in the car, which was another contender for the other seat other than Albon. But then I think a few days later, one of the big guys that was running this story basically came out and he said, false alarms, I had a bad source. Sorry, everyone, oh, for confusing no, you. No, damn it. I was about to talk about <laughs> so, that. That's yeah. a damn shame. So yeah, this this guy was uh, the the reason why this blew up so much is because this guy that um, that initially brought up this rumor, he basically came out and said, "I've I've had these talks. I can't talk about any specifics yet, mm. but um, apparently there was this big, you know, there's a driver swap going to happen mid season between yes. teams, and uh, the reason why it blew up so much, if it was just a like nobody uh, or a reporter that you know that." just kind of wanted to spout rumors for clicks or whatever. It's like, whatever. Um, but this guy was the guy who predicted Albon would go to Williams. I think he was yes. the first person that was like, yeah, Albon's going to be at Williams um, for for this year, which I, not many people saw at all. Like, that could have easily been just like a, a, a random rumor thrown about. But the fact that it, yeah, it just yeah. actually came true means like, okay, he has sources uh, he has like that's a good thing about sources, F1 yeah. at least is is the rumors. There's a lot of rumor mill in F1, but generally mm. there's a core few guys which are regarded as okay. If they're reporting someone, then it's something it's likely to be true, right? Or they label it saying this is just a rumor. But yes. as you say, his initial reports kind of seem to be like I'm pretty certain this yeah, is happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's why it was like there was a lot of speculation, and yeah, the biggest one was there are a lot of uh, there was a lot of stupid people out there that thought. <laughs> Uh, that thought they were going to put bloody Hamilton in for signs or some shit. And I'm just like, <laughs> shut up, go away. Um, just because your favourite driver's not doing well in a car that's not very great, like, go away. Fuck off. Yes. Fucking toxic fans, man. Just let let, let p- other people do well for a bit. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah let, let, the let, Latifi Piastri one is one that came, out, came up the most often. Uh, and the one that you could actually think about and be like, you know what, Alpine may not have a seat for uh, Piastri for next year. There is still that possibility. Um, yep. I think a lot of people, including us, have predicted that he will, but with Alonso and Ocon both in that car and both um, both doing quite well, I think Alonso's low on points. I think he's been a bit unlucky with some... Uh, He's been issues, quite but... unlucky when you look at it, yes. But, Ironic, um... his post-race radio going, we finally got points. Oh, wait, 10-second penalty. <laughs> yeah, so... Um... But still, you'd say yeah. that's less his performance mm. again, yes. But he so has the Piastri pace, yeah. kind of... yep. yes, uh, yeah. But yeah, so Piastri, like, uh, it would be kind of criminal for him not to get a seat in F1 for next year. And I think uh, if, if Alpine are serious about getting him into Formula 1 for next year and they know there's nothing at their team, maybe they would push a lot harder to get him in for... Uh, you know, maybe even for this year, um, potentially for next year as well. But yeah, for this year, and if, if a team needed a driver that wasn't performing, say like Latifi compared to his teammate, um, it's it's something that is potentially possible. Um, mm. You know, it, it definitely could happen. So uh, 
event obviously it's it wasn't to be but it was fun to speculate um i don't know if you saw any other wild uh changes as well i think the i think i saw there was like one that was ricardo out and um like someone else that went to mclaren like uh i don't even even know it was it was it was stupid there was some stupid ones like they're not (laughs) i don't know um but yeah so that's a shame it was it was fun to fun to think about i don't know if if anyone that was uh anyone that's listening saw that rumor but uh let us know what your wild and wacky theories were uh, (laughs) yeah uh, well, as I know. say, this one was just interesting because it seemed to be more erring that DeVries would be the replacement, which I was yeah, kind of I didn't like, even okay, I didn't even see that one what, at all. Yeah, what we predicted on, but then like he's always kind of been there. But then mm. when you see DeVries versus Piastri, and Piastri could basically go anywhere at this point, you'd say, well, wouldn't any team just go for him straight mm-hmm. away? And I guess that's a comment on, you know, not to stray uh, too far from current news, but the other comment on Piastri is, you know, even if Alpine do have a problem he's in such you know a strong position that many teams have said look if he's happy to break contract you know mm. to take a risk on us we'll happily take him in right um so yeah, th- there is I that element too potentially if alpine is so uh, dead set on on this i only just had this thought as well but if, if alpine really want to keep him as part of their program if they want to eventually bring him back to alpine at some point do w- did do williams really want two drivers that are contracted to other teams <laughs> yes. as their two main drivers do they really want that like they have obviously alex albon who is still a red bull driver uh like a red bull academy driver and then they'd have piastri who would be an alpine academy driver despite williams having is it logan Sargent, and he's actually the main one <laughs> he is uh there's a, there's a couple of reasons why they would go with him one he's american big one yes two he's a really good driver uh so i would hope they want to keep their options open for getting him in in that seat rather than taking two people outside their academy instead of the one person that is in their academy um you know that'd be a bit of a a, also to take someone like piastri who i believe raced with logan Sargent as well to take someone outside your academy that uh raced against you instead of the person who's in your academy yes Uh, that would be a big because they were in that F three years as Prima so. teammates. Yes, I remember right. the three three teammates in Prima. I don't remember yes. who the, the second one was. It might have. I don't remember. Uh, was it? It wasn't Ilot, was it? No, that was earlier. Uh, the other guy might have been. I don't think it was Schwartz. Was it Vesti? Was Vesti there? Frederick Vesti, or was he part of it? He was. ART. He was in a different team. Yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna look matter. it up now. I'm gonna. It, it was Vesti. It was Vesti. Oh my god! You, yeah, you're you right. doubted me. Sorry, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Maybe ju- I'll leave it in. I can be embarrassed. Who's sorry. the junior formula <laughs> smart person now? Only for... Well, I say only for that year, and yeah, I still didn't remember properly. <laughs> um, oh, dear. Yes. So, again, we'll... I don't know. We'll see it play out. I haven't heard much of Latifi's opinion on it, but I don't mm. think he has much of an opinion considering he probably knows the situation he's in. Yep. It's easier when you're one of a few drivers performing badly, but when you're basically the only driver that's performing badly, you don't have much to back yourself up, really. Especially yeah. when you've got a rookie that's come in who's had real no affiliation with the team and is smashing it out of the park and then some, arguably one of the top three drivers of the year. It yeah. doesn't look good. <laughs> Yeah. Um, speaking <laughs> of speaking of things that do look good, mm-hmm. I wanted to quickly mention that Bottas has. <laughs> um, oh yes. I don't. Okay. I don't. 
Valtteri Bottas or Bottas, if if you've been keeping an eye on social media. There was a picture that came out. Yes, there was a picture of him that came out with his lovely bottom showing up in a in a river, which of course everyone jumped on, and we said, "Oh, it's another bum in F one." We've seen all sorts of bum. I believe we've seen Christian Horner's bum. And speaking speaking of recurring themes, this is this is one that's happening alarmingly Um, often. And so what I like about it is some posts started going around, and then there was basically Bottas and some of his PR team replying to it, going, "Hey, by the way, you can buy this as a poster." And everyone's like, "What are you talking about?" And you clicked into it, and they said, "Hey, we're selling this as a poster for 24 hours, and the entirety of the uh, of the revenue goes to charity." I didn't even know that. Yeah, I'm kind of like, I kind of like this. Like, he's being a bit cheeky. He's getting his bum out there. It's a very Bottas thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. Cheeky. He's obviously having fun. Um, It's a funny photo. But then, uh, you know, I saw them post it and I saw a ton of people online going, yeah, I bought this because it's a laugh. It's a fun. It's a conversation starter, you know. It's so clever. And it all went to charity. So I'm like, boom. Like... (laughs) I love that. I didn't. I didn't have much else to comment other than just I love it. Uh, I didn't. I, I didn't realize that. Uh, yeah, they they sold the picture for charity. That's so good. Yep. So so. Good. And a lot of the teams, yeah. even like Mercedes, were posting it. And Mercedes, I think, were like, "Stop sending us this. this we've seen it." <laughs> and they were posting the link, going, "By the way, here's the link for charity." So, um, fantastic. Ah, oh, that's good. Good, that's good to see. Good side of F one. A bit yeah. of a you know, F one doesn't need to be all blitz and glamour and Monaco and all that. You can sometimes have fun it can be awesome. Bottas's ass on a poster exactly. on your wall. Like, yes. Sometimes I was tempted to, to buy one, but the shipping to Australia was ridiculous. Mm. So unfortunately, I didn't. But if the shipping was lower, I one hundred percent would have bought one as well. Damn. When we <laughs> when we when we start doing this sort of thing in person, it could have been our background. Yes, the, the recording. Oh. We'll collect them all, all, yeah. all the bottoms. There's one of there's one of DC on the beach, right? We've got to get that one oh, as well. I don't, I don't know if we want that one. <laughs> <I know. laughs> oh, very good. Um, I guess the last little little note I wanted to make, which I thought was interesting, um, was that Ferrari have actually used up one of their filming days in the past week. Yeah. They were seen actually doing a filming day in Monza. Reason I bring this up as news is a lot of teams don't really use their filming day to do filming a lot of them use mm-hmm. it as kind of a light test day yep. they can't like i think they have to run on like like a like a pirelli uh, i don't know it's like it's a pirelli like a, wet tire or pirelli, like a pirelli like road tire, tire. Yeah, some yeah it's basically a yeah. non-representative tire and yep. the idea generally is they're out there to most teams take it at the start of the year because they can use it to get you know their first promo shots for the year to put on their social media and such and yep. just to do a what do you call it? A um a test run of the car. It's not test run. There's another word for it, right? I don't like know a shake shakedown of the car. Shakedown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but for I have used one of theirs at Monza. I yep. haven't seen a lot about what they were doing it. Some people, I only saw a shot of it through some trees, basically. That so was that's like was the quite... only shot, apparently. That, yes, uh, and they basically didn't announce it, right? Sometimes mm. they'll announce it, especially at the start of the year. They go, "Hey, we're at Silverstone at this date," but they seem to just be out there suddenly, and everyone's like, "Whoa!" Yep. So some are suspecting that they're basically using this as an example to test the area on a new big upgrade package. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of makes sense, I guess, because yeah. otherwise, why would you do a filming day? Maybe if you were leading up to the Grand Prix there and you were doing some shots for it, but that's the only reason I could think for a filming day perspective. So yeah. um, I'll be interested going to Spain to see if, if Ferrari maybe brought a, a few bits or in the, in the next few races. I mean, we suspect anyway they're going to bring some soon, but having a filming day here when, you know, they're basically no team has had a filming day in a while. Um, might, might be a sign of some things to come, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would have expected if they were going to actually do a proper filming day, I would have expected one leading up to the Italian Grand Prix. Being yeah, exactly. Home yes. race. Um, 
I don't know. I think, I don't know if this is their, I think they get two filming days. I don't know if this is their first or their second. I assume it's their second. Uh, it's like you said, yeah, most, most, sort of done that shakedown, most yeah. yeah, most do the shakedown. And, uh, I think they did theirs at Fier- Fiorano or whatever their test track is. So yeah, this must so be their second right. one. So I think, and because, because of the fact that it was so secretive, I would say they are testing new parts. Um, mm. The thing is, you know, obviously they've got, I think their aero is is decent. I think they're still trying to work out, uh, particularly going to Spain, they're still trying to work out a lot of their porpoising issues running so low to the ground. Uh, there's this obvious uh, power unit issue as well where they are down on, on the uh, the top, top speed the, to that Red Bull yes, as well. Yes, the, the peak, peak of the band, yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe they are bringing a few things and they just want to make sure even for reliability's sake that it's it's going it could have to, been a power unit test yeah who knows? could very well have been power units so who, who knows um i would say there's a very 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 good chance they were testing new parts though so um and yeah they just wanted to give themselves a little bit of extra time the funny thing i did read about it was is that to stop them from going over the 100 kilometer limit uh, apparently the uh, the car was going down the main straight to start their final lap. Like Leclerc was going down the main straight, and the car just completely cut out. Uh, and people oh, seem really? to think it was like <laughs> is- like an issue with the car, but it just completely cut out. And then they wheeled the car back to the garage from like the end of the pit lane, uh, like at the more or less the end of the straight. Yep. Um, and people were like, "Oh no, is there a problem?" It's like, no, they literally did that strategically so the car wouldn't go past the the hundred kilometer limit. Because if, 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 yeah. if it completed the lap, it would have gone past it, and then they would have been in trouble. So, um, yeah. I thought that was that was pretty funny as well. So, but yeah, I, I would expect them to to have tested something. So, um, I think yeah, Spain will be uh, very very interesting to see what kind of things they they will be bringing. I think it's going to be a real test for their d- uh, upgrade development process. Uh, Ferrari. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um. Two little things that I wanted to quickly mention, just more for, for, for news for the listeners and less, I guess, for us to chat about. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Doohan, I don't know if he was originally on Alpine's list or if he's recently been put on Alpine's was. list. I think he was. He was taken off the Red Bull program and put onto the Alpine program, that's I think, right. end, of, yeah. end of last year or start of this year. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's a, a more recent one. Yep. Um, but he's come up with a little in the media because Alpine have said they're giving him a test um, in one of their older cars around Qatar this coming Sunday. So obviously showing that, you know, they've obviously got Piastri in their books, but they're still kind of showing they're not just putting all their marbles mm. on, on one driver per se. Well, also um, also so- the uh, what we've talked about earlier is the fact that teams have to run two drivers in or two like drivers for two practice sessions, I think. Yes. Or two, or is 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 it, is it two drivers for practice sessions, or is it for? No, at least I think two it's just sessions. two FP one yeah. sessions a year have to be reserved drivers. That's or, right. I don't yeah, know yeah. if it's specifically juniors or reserves, but it has to be not their main drivers. That's basically. correct. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So maybe it could maybe... be a bit of getting up to speed in case they want to put him in for that. Potentially. You know, I guess yep. you'd think they'd be using Piastri again, given if they want to keep him in the fold and do so, as much yeah. as he can. You can imagine that he's. Probably behind the scenes doing mm. you know a full campaign of testing and keeping up with everything, but yeah, um, I hope so. But yeah, yeah, um, still notable there. Less of a news anyway, but if you want to um go look at some old F one cars, the Monaco Historic is actually on at the moment. Mm. Um, and there's great commentary there by um 
by Alex is it Alex Brundle, yeah, Alex, Alex Brundle, Brundle, yeah, Brundle, and a few Jr. others as well. So, um, if you want to fix small F one cars around Monaco, make sure to go on YouTube and look at that. I've had a bit of a look, and um, never yeah. gets old to see those as well. Yeah, I had, so. a, I had, a, I had a click through uh before we started recording, and yeah, there's some some cool cars there. So yeah, and occasionally yeah. you can see a few crashes as well, which is interesting. Ooh. You feel for the owners of those cars, yeah, the millions of pounds <laughs> dripping down the drains and <laughs> everything. Wow. Um. But they certainly push. It's not just like a, a, a what do you call it, a gentleman's run mm. per se. They, they, some guys do properly push there. So yeah, again, yeah. go check that out. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I guess there's a big thing that I guess I wanted to dive into yep. um, as we get to the latter half of this podcast is the, I guess you can call it rumor mill, but it's not really a rumor mill. It's hard to talk about it, but this whole kind of like not only Audi Porsche, but also this mm. Andretti thing, kind of the future of F1 of new entrance yep. seems to be continually rearing its head and moving onwards. Yep. Um, I guess I'm all let you talk about it, Michael, considering I know you've been um, mostly across and I'm happy to back it up. Yeah. Um, what do you want to start with? I guess, should we, should we talk about with Andretti what's been going on since recently? I think last time we talked about it, it seemed to be a case that they were really pushing to kind of go, Hey, these are all your check boxes you've got for us to be an entrant. Mm. We've checked them all. And the FA is kind of like, cool, we'll let you know when we're ready for you. And they're kind of like, we're ready now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um. it's a bit of, it's a bit of a weird one with Andretti because this, it seems to kind of go back and forth between like positive, uh, positive signs. You know, the the most recent bit of news that I found is that um, at the Miami Grand Prix, um, Michael Andretti had just he had a conversation with the FIA. He I think he had a meeting with uh, uh, Mohammed Ben Suleim, uh, who is the uh, FIA. CEO now, so uh, yep. he, he said discussions were good. So uh, I don't know if that's just him saying saying it's good for the cameras, but I can't imagine he would say that without you know without reason. Um, yes, but then you know you get the F the FIA also coming out and saying basically trying to distance themselves from it yes uh at the same they won't time they won't even kind of directly mention it they're kind mm. of like we've had interest from candidates but we're not looking at new exactly, entrants right now yeah, and you go well <laughs> we're kind of like well you've only got one person's actually in the spotlight i don't know why you're saying entrance plural like i'm sure there's always small fry that are sending you letters and they're just mm. going straight to the spam we don't need to know about those yeah like, yeah so there's an elephant in the room here especially with andretti literally walking up and down the <laughs> the, pit, yeah. the pit area <laughs> yep. at miami yep. talking to every team boss sussing them out what they're thinking mm. and they're just like oh we're not specifying who is interested mm. at the moment yeah so <laughs> we'll see him again i'm sure once the once we get back to circuit of the americas i'm sure this will yes. rear up again possibly even before that but i think that you know he's gonna probably have more conversations then you know, having having three races in america you're not going to be able to avoid this man um no he's exactly. just gonna keep popping in <laughs> saying still got still got that team i want to want to put in you got another yeah, got a spot? With that bank account that's mm. full. I'm yep. ready to go. No spot yet. All right, I'll be back in three weeks when we have the next race in America. <laughs> uh, so it just seems like it's gonna. That's that's what's gonna happen. I think it's just him. It's kind of like how you know when they teach you to when you're going for a job. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the people, a lot of people teach you just like okay, keep checking in and say oh, just checking in, making sure you know I yes. had it in my resume. Just wanted to check in, and see you know. Uh, you know, if, if you if you've had anything available, just wanted to, you know, you just keep, keep any going back feedback, in. Anything, yeah, feedback, you know, yeah, something yeah. like that. You know, I, it feels like it's just gonna keep being like that until they're just like, okay, fine, fucking put your team in, fine, stop, stop <laughs> bugging us, please. Um, it just kind of feels like that's the direction. <laughs> that's the direction it's gonna go. I mean, he seems Michael Andretti seems so confident. He's already revealed 
plans that he's going to build an F1 facility in Indianapolis, uh, yes. which is apparently going to begin in August, like this year August. Yes, like so, they've literally got plans to build it. Exactly. And um, on top of that, he's basically said that he's already signed an engine deal yeah, with Renault. For, for Renault engines. Yeah. And Alpine have basically come out and they've said, oh yeah, if they're joined, we're happy with that. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they're going, yeah, no, that's already signed and done. It's like, but yeah, they haven't even been accepted and they've already signed a deal for engines. I don't, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, I don't, I don't get it, man. I, I feel like this is going to be like a... It's going to stay exactly the same way as it is where it's like, oh, you know, well, we've made progress. And then the FAA is like, oh, we're going to, we don't, we don't need anyone else right now. And then I reckon it's just going to hit like a day and it's going to be like, hey, they're here. We've accepted them. Cool. They're in. Like, it's just going to all going to hit at once. I feel like, like all the news is just going to come out straight away without any sort of lead up. I feel like that's what's going to happen. Yep. I, yeah, I don't know why, but it seems like a lot of pushback as well as coming from the teams. What's mm. fair enough is the teams have gone, hey, the 10 of us have been here. We stuck here through COVID. It's ironic considering Haas didn't actually join that long ago as well, but I yep. guess things were different back then. But all the teams have gone, hey, we stuck our neck out during COVID. We stayed here, you know. Then as a result of that, they said, okay, for any new team that joins, they have to basically pay out immediately a 200 million clause, which would then be split out among all the teams to basically buff up their income for what they would lose if another team joined. Right. And when that news came out, everyone went, oh, that's quite steep, but that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then Andretti rocks up. He says, hey, I've got the 200 million. And all the teams go, oh, no, nah, but that, that only covers us for the short term. We're still going to be stuffed in the long term, so we don't want you. And it's like... Why didn't this come up when they were first putting together exactly, this clause? Like the whole exactly. point, they came out to say, say, hey, we're interested in the future of F1, mm. but there's this clause for you so we don't get any jokers and no-nabbers in that, right? Which is fair enough. Yeah. But then you have a team which seems almost like perfect and kind of has done their five-year research and has made sure they've got their funds in place and they, they and, you know, <laughs> and yet there's still half half the team bosses are coming out going, nah, but no, we're not interested because we're going to be losing too much money. It's like, well, what the fuck? Yeah. Why, why, why did you put together this thing and publicize it if it doesn't actually solve the problem with the teams? It feels like they just put it out there to go, oh, well, we're just going to put this out there to make it look like, you know, yeah, we exactly. can have a new entry, yeah, but no one's yeah. actually going to do it. Mm. And then the actual team does it, and they all go, well, no, actually, uh, we that was just uh, a caveat. Uh, uh, backpedal, backpedal, backpedal. <laughs> I know, yeah. it's like... And that's why I think Andretti's just pushing his case. He's saying, I've checked all the boxes here. I don't understand what the problem is. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, they all signed the Concord Agreement. So Exactly, they yeah, the Concord Agreement they is should not be able, They should not be able to argue this, because they've all signed it. They've, they've all signed those terms and conditions under that agreement. They should not have any say in this except for what they had to say in that agreement in the first place, which yes. is the fact that they can pay that 200 million dilution fee and then they can join, they can, they can join the grid. Like obviously that helps in the short term. And the, you know, the argument is that in the long term, the, the name Andretti is so huge, uh, particularly their expansion into America as well with the three American yes. races, the amount of, uh, revenue they'd be able to bring in, uh, for formula one from the States uh honestly even in the short term uh but long term as well it's it's huge like surely that like with their push into the states that they the teams can't legitimately look at this and say oh in the long term this is not going to be good for us they're not going to make us back enough enough money to 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 pay the the fees that will or the money that we'll lose from them joining it's like yes i don't it, it just seems again it just all seems a bit petty um it does seem a bit petty in the leaders, doesn't it? It's mm. always like, you know. Yep. <laughs> like, I again, I get that they have their their interests in mind, and that's fair enough. But they literally, you know, it came out and they said, "Oh, by the way, we've covered for this in case someone wants to join." Mm-hmm. But then they're just backpedaling on it. I mean, fair play to Andretti's been public with it. 
as you say, he was talking to all the team principals. He's obviously, you know, he's not just giving up going, oh, I've got the money, but clearly you don't want me. He's actually doing everything he almost can to try and figure out how can I get my name there. So it's almost nice to see that he's really, really, really keen to mm-hmm. try and get, you know, a team yeah, going yeah. there. Um, yep. But it's it's interesting. Is it's funky times yeah. for F one. <laughs> he also, I mean, he um, also, he also made a good point as well. I was I'm reading this Autosport interview uh, where they yep. they talk to Michael Andretti, um, and you know, there's teams even even Gunter Steiner from Haas are saying that ten teams is a good solution at the moment, uh, and Andretti's basically come out and said ten's not a good number because you've got teams like Red Bull who own two teams. If they yes. come up to the you know the next Concord agreement coming up in in 2025 when they have to sign the new one, if they decide Red Bull decide you know what we don't want to be here anymore, that's two teams gone, that's four cars gone. Then you have 16 mm-hmm. cars on the grid, and you can't. Is that like 16 cars? You're looking like S5000, no yeah. S5000, but that <laughs> yeah. grid looks small. <laughs> it's very very small. So it's. You know, having that extra team gives you, a, I guess, a little bit of buffer in that as well, which I thought was yes. was was a decent point too. Like, you know, we used to run when we had, um, I know this, well, even Marusha and, and Kater, exactly. yeah, they HRT were, even for that tiny bit, it's still we had twelve teams, you know, you know twenty four drivers. Like, yes, I don't know, um, thirteen for a blip, yeah, in the, mm. in the more modern era, let's say, before you go back to pre qualifying days, and that, yeah, as you said, that was the other comment the FA came out with. They said, oh, well, some tracks are only designing to have. 20 garages. It's yeah. like, what? Why? what? <laughs> like, Why, that's though? never been a thing. Yeah. We've had some places that have, you know, barely any room and they still back in the day could run 40, you know, 50 yeah, exactly, cars comfortably yeah. or something. And now it's just like, mm. oh, but no, nah, we can't. It's like... <laughs> then why do you come out and say, by the way, if a new team wants to join, here's the rules. Yeah. Why don't you just say further now for stability if they came out and they said post-COVID for stability for just keeping everything tidy for 10 years no new teams okay sure at least they're going to come out with that message but yeah. it's um it's strange it's like it's like Andretti's just calling their bluff everything <laughs> yeah. they come out with he's yeah. like oh I've got that covered uh, like oh no so you good. need a, you know I don't know a, a driver this. with three super licenses oh we've got one of those he's the mm. champion of IndyCar oh, uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. you need an engine we've already signed it yeah <laughs> We need a factory building it next month. Uh, yeah, they're <laughs> like, building it next month, and they've already got one in the UK, apparently. Or they've uh, they yes. pretty much, pretty much got one in the UK. So, like, yes. and it's ironic mm. that this, I, I guess, just to move it along, considering yeah. we've been chatting for a while now, this none of the talk about this actually lines up with Audi and Porsche, which now no. seem to be two separate manufacturer entities that want to join with two different power units and different kind of strategy with it and neither of them have had any chats with Andretti so not only is Andretti coming with all this kind of stuff it's not even related to this other news that seems to be bubbling on <laughs> and this news less seems to be coming out from the FIA side and more from like the Volkswagen group and what they're yep, saying yep. but it seems like again you can probably cover it better than I can but Audi and Porsche together were apparently going to go together as an entity as an engine package to try and pair with someone and now it seems like they're also splitting out into into two different entities so yep. there's a th- <laughs> not even talking about a new team that's even unrelated to two new engine manufacturers which you'd think oh i'm a new team i'm going to bring a new engine manufacturer if they're coming through yep that's not, <laughs> that's not even the play at all um so audi and porsche let's let's go into it before um yeah i so, fall asleep <laughs> mate, audi porsche there's there's a lot to talk about um I don't. I don't even know where to start. I mean, the first thing I'll start with is the fact that um, I think the the big one of the big rumors was that Audi potentially could partner with McLaren or at least do a potential takeover or buyout of McLaren. Mm. Um, to I think I don't know if we talked about this 
on our channel or if I've just kind of had this conversation with you out, like outside of recording, but um, McLaren, Audi were, were very, very heavily linked and Audi want a pretty substantial stake in a team. Uh, Porsche, I think they seem pretty happy being just an engine, engine manufacturer. Um, yes. But Audi want a, a bit more of a significant stake. I think that's still the case. Um, yes, that was the most yeah. recent I heard of it, right? The big difference yeah. of, again, interesting considering you've only got 10 cars is kind mm-hmm. of Audi understandably going, we want to partner with someone and there's probably enough teams out there looking for a serious partner. Mm-hmm. But with Porsche kind of going, hey, we're just putting our stand out there as a market stand. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, uh, okay. Uh, it's not uncommon. Again, th- I guess the point we'll make is that these two teams do both fall under the Volkswagen group yes. and you go, but why do you have two different entities within the same global organization? But you only need to, you don't need to look that back back that far in even World Endurance Championship and Formula E to see that they've kind of always competed against each other and it's mm-hmm. always worked. So from that perspective, they can kind of operate separately, but they're already going with two different business models here, which which is interesting. Um, but yeah, Audi, as you say, they were mainly linked with McLaren. I think there was a bit of murmurs they were linking with Red Bull initially when that Red Bull Honda cut looked to be pretty I severe, but more, now I think it was that more seems Porsche. to be more in the air. I think it was Porsche. Yeah, with, with true. Red yeah, Porsche Red Bull, you're um, right. McLaren, yeah. Audi was, was firming... Uh, at least a little yes, bit. Yes, you're um, right, you're right. But uh, McLaren, like C- the CEO of McLaren, Zach Brown, has basically come out and said, no, that there's uh, McLaren's F1 future is safe. They're, they've, I, I assume they've had talks with Audi, but uh, yeah, obviously not to uh, not to the point where they think Audi would, um, would take... Because there was yeah. a little there where they were basically advertising quite a hefty you know, chunk yeah. of a team for sale even. Um, but they yeah. seem to have bounced back from that quite mm-hmm. nicely. And, I mean, they're expanding as well. They're, they expanded into Extreme E and we've just seen the news that they're actually taking over a Formula, Formula E team as well. Yeah, so they're obviously in a pretty good standing now. They're expanding quite rapidly. Yeah, so Yeah, definitely. The one thing I have seen is that uh, Aston Martin and Williams have both expressed interest um, in the Works Audi F1 deal. Which um, totally makes sense. Yep, yeah. With, with Aston, uh, again, something we looked at with... Uh, might have talked about. I don't know if it was last podcast during their ago. launch period. I think as yeah. well. They were saying their intention to grow. You know, the next three five year plan, and they were yep. looking. You know, if, if something came up with a engine manufacturer, they could yep. partner or with or to make to their own that. engine. Or yep, like yes, that seems yep. like a, a hybrid uh, or, a, or whatever. Yeah. Yep, and then the uh, the Williams obviously uh, they're sort of s- struggling a little bit. That Mercedes power unit is not quite as dominant as it used to be. So they don't really have that. That need to have the uh, uh, that that Mercedes tie, that I affinity. guess. And anymore. they've always had, they've always been seen as that Mercedes Junior team, mm. but they haven't really now since Russell's left. That's not really a thing for them anymore. Yeah, as you exactly. say, they've got a Red Bull driver. They might have then an Alpine and a Red Bull driver in. So mm. it's not like they really need that Junior affinity tag anymore going forward. Yes, yeah, exactly. So I think yeah, if if they do decide to to buy out uh, some kind of team, it would be weird. Uh, particularly if Audi do want to do uh, some kind of takeover, if they take over Aston Martin, would their team name change again? Uh, they've mm. changed like three times in four years, it feels like. You know, they were Force India, and then they're Racing Point, and now they're Aston Martin, and then maybe they go to Audi. Well, or... and Lawrence Stroll basically had to buy out half of the whole bloody yeah, company, which yeah, is a massive yeah. company, to get that name. So you'd think, why would he spend so exactly, much of his yeah. cash to half buy out a global car manufacturer to yeah. <laughs> then get rid of the name for a partner, right? And then you had, you know, the Dalton Capital takeover of Williams, and they were yes. worried that you know, they were going to lose the Williams name, and, you know, they, you don't want to 
people were obviously talking about, yeah, we can't lose the Williams name in F1. It's so, you know. Well, and Doralton Capital made that one of the, yeah, mm. that was one of the worries when they bought it off exactly, the family yeah. they get rid of the name. But they yeah. said, no, we just want our name as a sponsor. The reason <laughs> we're buying it is because of the family name. Yeah. So would they be okay with uh, with dropping the Williams name or putting like Williams Audi or, you know, how they used to, to do in the past where... Like McLaren, yeah, you certainly call them yeah. Williams Mercedes, do you? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, McLaren's Mercedes was an iconic name, and often yes. as a kid, you know, I often thought they were the same company before mm. realizing <laughs> they weren't, just because you heard McLaren Mercedes, and that was such a, yeah, such a yeah. synonymous name with the sport. And, sure, so. sure, yeah. So, uh, it, I think those two teams, they're, they're, if what's being said from the VW group, it seems pretty uh pretty likely that both these teams are looking to enter uh given what they're saying um audi i would say are probably looking at uh those two teams those two teams have have both come out and said they they would be interested in at least having a chat so um it really depends on what audi's looking for yeah Yeah. and with the intention of it being a strong partnership not just hey you're just going to put our engine away you know this is very much like a red bull honda kind of thing right Mm -hmm. like honda weren't just kind of sitting there going we'll sell to anyone they were like no this is the proper integration and partnership so audi are looking to do the exact same thing with a with a specific team you doubt there'd be over multiple teams unless it was a a red bull alpha terry type situation right Mm. yeah it's Um, i don't uh, yeah i I think it's still gonna there's still a lot of a lot of stuff to play out with this one. Again, they've still got a little bit of time. Um, the the other notes that I had from uh, this is the very first podcast that uh, that we recorded, <laughs> I had all these notes as well. Um, the the actual technical regulations for twenty twenty six for the new engines, uh, they've sort of given a bit more information. Um, they're going to limit yes. spending for the engine manufacturers. That's what they were um, waiting on as well yes. to always make their, put their hand down. And it seemed like yep. they had a bigger chat internally. And that's when the head of the VW group were kind of like, we like where this is heading. Okay. Yes. Let's actually put out some items to say we're now intending to enter. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the current framework includes concessions for new manufacturers, which we already sort of had an inkling was going to happen. So any new manufacturers yep. come and get extra concessions. Um, they get an extra 10 million for the first two season, an extra first two seasons, an extra 5 million for the third, um, and plus a $15 million allowance for capital expenditure progress projects and extra dino time. So the only thing I think Christian Horn has come out and said, they, he, they, they'd like an increase in, in the CapEx limit, which is, like I said, the, the 15 million, uh, allowance, uh, and that's that's yes. basically to build like infrastructure, you know, the things like the dinos and the wind tunnels, and uh, you know they've got there's still teams currently in the sport that don't have wind tunnels and, and dinos and like like they don't. Or their own say, per se. Yeah, their own. Still yeah, shared, still shared. Yeah. So it's like, um, you know, fifteen million is is kind of not a lot for those sort of new manufacturers you have to use it really smart you're not going to be kind of just throwing money at what you want it's a bit of a yeah um the tricky thing with that i guess straying a bit away from it is um is of course red bull because it's kind of been like red bull you still think of them as running honda but they're technically running red bull engines and their kind of idea is they would they're trying to why i think there's a bit of a delay on the on the finances side of how that's going to work out for, for quote-unquote new manufacturers is mm-hmm. because red bull seems to be trying to place it in a position where it's then going to be running a quote-unquote yes. new engine from 2026 when in reality it might just kind of be like a like a, an advanced rebadge let's say right because they want to try sneak their hand into this money so from the perspective of portion Audi, assuming they're going to run as complete separate entities which they'll have to mm-hmm. 
it makes sense, this kind of thing. And it's almost like there's this sticky thumb of also Red Bull trying, as you can tell, maneuvering itself to also get in there, mm. despite the fact that it's fundamentally it shouldn't. So that's probably why as well there's a bit of hesitation well, there. Um, even, on top of that, there's also the... Porsche were obviously pretty heavily linked with, uh, with Red Bull. So if they have like a collaborative um, yes. engine effort, there's the, the concern that a joint project uh between red bull and porsche could benefit from combining two separate allowances either yes. by design or accident if the rules are unclear or not policed properly so like if red bull are both considered new red bull and porsche both considered new manufacturers could they both receive a full allowance each even though they're technically yes. working on the same project uh like is that or if like yeah. Red Bull kind of takes it for 2026 and then they join with Porsche 2027, they've been doing their own thing, but and then they you get... go, well, they've both had a year to... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it gets messy, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why the, the outer thing seems pretty straightforward, where they're like, we just want to start with someone as a new entity yep. and build up from the ground together. And you go, okay, but this Porsche thing seems odd because it just seems like, as you say, that they're putting up like their market stand, but then you go... Well, that's not really going to work because, again, you've only got 10 teams and anyone that wants a new engine manufacturer is going to want someone that's like an in-house kind of shop, not just like a, an off-the-shelf kind of thing, you know, mm. like um, like the, the oh, what do you call it, the, the, the Cosworth DFV, you know, yes, the classic yep. kind of off-the-shelf engine. We're not really at that stage anymore. I mean, we no. saw when when when, when Marusha and Caterham and um, HRT joined and they took that kind of, you know, the F1 said, hey, we're bring back Cosworth to make a cheap engine and then it was complete dog crap right mm-hmm. <laughs> it didn't yep. work at all so it's like yeah. obvi- it kind of shows signs of going okay if they're not trying to do this and what that bloody hell are Porsche doing um, and I think the other interesting thing is is that we've seen a lot of this word come from you know the CEO of Volkswagen group and a lot of the meetings yes. there but really like extremely little from the actual like f1 side of the fia side so it's almost like they're like oh yeah we're gonna you know join in a few years and then you put the fia side they're like there's nothing from us. We've got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't see actually any comments from that side of it. So there's obviously something under the table, but um, but different from the Andretti thing where you hear a lot of comments coming from both sides. This seems to be entirely from one side. And for something that should be getting traction, to hear nothing from the actual F1 side, I think is interesting. But yeah, it might just yeah. be it's it's four years away. I don't know. It's it's interesting to follow. It's enjoyable to follow. At oh, least. yeah, absolutely. Uh, the only other things I'll, I'll mention on it that I've, I've just kind of read through my plethora of notes from last time, yep. uh, remembering a couple of things. But uh, Audi, uh, potentially, obviously, we know they, they're looking at running their own engine separately. Uh, apparently, they're... Uh, likely to be based on the abandoned V6 engine that Porsche developed uh, before scrapping their potential F1 entry oh, yes. in 2018. Yep, yep. So apparently Audi are going to be using that as their basis. Uh, so, um, and I think what uh, the race, which is the uh, the, the news uh, platform that we use, that we yes. we seem to trust uh, the most, the hyphen, yeah. whatever they say, the hyphen race. <laughs> yes, um, uh, Audi. They had a planned return to to Le Mans twenty four hours. It's apparently on the they they seem to think it's on the brink of being scrapped uh, after it was put on hold. Um, the oh, race, yes, the hypercar program. Yeah, yeah. the, the yeah. race uh, believes it's. I don't know if it was a rumor or if they had sources, but they believe it was to direct resources to pre development of the F one project. So, and they're um, also yeah. pulling out of Formula E as well. I mm. think is Audi apt, which has been such a big name almost as much as. Um... Whoever the Renault team was, I forget if it was Renault Prost or whatever it was, but it was basically Audi versus Renault in the first, was the start of the whole Formula mm. E rivalry, if you followed that at all. So Audi's been a big team, Audi apt. Um, 
basically they've also pulled out of that, right? So for this hypercar thing to have been so big, which it still is, there's a lot of brands coming back for that, for them to pull out of that, you know, and to end their Formula E entry, while they're still doing well as a company, so it makes even more sense that they're actually saying, okay, this is, you know, how serious we're going we're gonna to take this project. And again, it seems odd you don't hear almost anything from the F1 side, mm-hmm. considering it looks like that they're just already full guns blazing into this, despite there still being some rules to work out, you know? Yep. Yeah. Um, and the very, very last thing uh, we haven't mentioned, because the, the other team that the Audi was sort of linked with, uh, I, I say sort of linked with, I don't know if they've had discussions or if it's just because they're one of the other teams that could uh, could have an engine uh, manufacturer like Audi is Sauber or Alfa Romeo. Oh, yes. Um, yep. And they've been mentioned slightly more in serious terms, uh, at least on this race article, for a couple of reasons. One, they have their openness to forego their naming rights. Uh, you know, they've obviously uh, previously... They're known as Alfa Romeo, but they are still Sauber, well, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it's Sauber, and then they were called Alfa Romeo, and previously they've been BMW, so, like, they, they're they not super attached to their name. Um, yes. And the second thing is they... Sauber obviously have quality facilities themselves already, and Audi's actually used their facilities to develop their LMP1 car in the past. So yes. they've had that relationship uh, in the past. So there is such, there is yeah. that possibility that maybe they could uh, they could take that uh, that Alfa Romeo slash Sauber team as well. So um, again, we're not we're not hearing a lot. A lot of it's sort of hearsay at the moment, um, and what we've gathered from from that uh, that conversation from from vw like you said we're not getting anything from the the f1 side of it so um but you know you you never know when when more information will come like you said there's still many many years uh the the draft for the 2026 regulations is supposed to be finalized they're targeting june so next month so if that goes ahead as scheduled then maybe next month when they actually finalize it might get a bit more yeah a few more things pop up so but you know, at the moment, we're just kind of getting little bits and pieces as they uh, as they pop up. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's that's pretty much all I've all I've got on it. Uh, the only, I guess, one other thing is the fact that because Porsche and Audi being VW, uh, it could help revive the German Grand Prix, which has been out for a, a little while as well. So yes, um, you know, with with more uh, German manufacturers in the sport, you know, obviously having a lot of uh, US races. Uh, you know, might help getting an American team in, or like they're talking about getting in. We need an American driver because we've got all these American races. Yes. We've got Zhou uh, Guan Yu uh, in. Once they go back to China, obviously that's going to be a big thing as well. So, and they um, want a second Chinese race because of that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's they're trying to sort of uh, manage it uh, a lot in that way. So it, it would make a lot of sense that if they do get these German manufacturers, it's like, okay, we've got German manufacturers. We've still got. Well, I say by then we might not. We'll have a German driver, hopefully, in, in Mick Schumacher, maybe not Vettel. But, yes. Um, you know, you would hope that, okay, maybe maybe there is the possibility we could go back to Germany, which uh, I know a lot of people have been a bit upset that uh, uh, none of the, the German tracks have, have survived the, the culling of the tracks, uh, the track yes, schedule. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. Like I said, it's, it's still a long way to go. So. Hmm. I think we might as well wrap it up there unless there was something else you really wanted to chat about. There's ah, a few other little things, but we can bring them up next time. Yeah, next time nothing. we chat, sure yeah. there'll be plenty to talk about. Yep. Um, again, if you've enjoyed this chat, look, let us know. Um, 
Again, if you're listening on Spotify, make sure to hit that follow button so you can see these episodes as soon as they appear on your feed. If you're watching this on the YouTube, make sure to like, make sure to check that you're subscribed, comment, let us know some of your thoughts, potentially what you want us to talk about. Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't explicitly see anything pop up comments from people they wanted us to discuss this nah, episode not really <laughs> probably checked with you before uh, well to, um, be, to be fair i wanted to get the I, I made a call to action for that on the video i uploaded literally uh before we started uh very true this one so you know if you if you asked any questions or anything on that video it'll be on the next po- on the next we'll podcast, carry it forward so, exactly yeah. we're not going to be too far from our next podcast but um we've got a double yeah, pair thanks for I listening think, guys so we, we'll have a we'll have about three weeks three weeks until the next one I'm yeah there. but uh yeah this is good I'm, I'm glad we got this conversation a lot of good catch up on a lot of the f1 stuff it seems to build For up sure. so so quickly uh yes yeah there's plenty to come you can feel it so yep. um, it's exciting yep so we'll we'll next see you in our preview for the spanish grand prix which is happening as we say next weekend i believe so yes. look forward to that one yeah yeah should be good uh thanks for listening everyone um but yeah we'll see you uh, on the next episode of our podcast as well. Yeah. Oh, good. Take care, everyone. Goodbye.